0: If you look around, there are so many ways to make a difference. At Capella University, our FlexPath format gives you a different way to earn your degree. Take courses at your speed. Move on whenever you're ready. Education should fit your life. Learn more at capella.edu. Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stone? I mean, what's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit? It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is, your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by NHTSA.
1: Welcome to another edition of the Let's Go Eat Show. I'm Bill Allred, and my guest today is famous radio personality, the midday guy at X96, John C. Smith. D- no, please don't. No, stay here. Stay here and listen to this. Come on. No. Stay. Stay. It's the Let's Go Eat Show.
2: How about now? There we That's
3: go. That's better. Yeah. yeah, now we're working. You're number three. <clears throat> Wait, let me get in character here. Okay, all right, I'm good. I'm ready. He's ready. Me too. So,
1: what do you mean you will let you get get in character? Is <laughs> so, <laughs> so so John Smith, um, who is the uh, midday DJ here on X ninety six. Well, on X ninety six, that's not here. This is the Let's Go Eat show.
3: Down the down the hall. Yeah,
1: down the hall is X ninety six. We're uh, uh, so. Uh, he said he had to get in character to be on the Let's Go Eat show. And my intention here is to kind of tear away whatever that facade is you've built up for yourself and get at the real John Smith, because the facade you've built up for yourself, none of us like very much. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, Thanks for that. That's well, a, that's like we're off to a great start. <laughs>
1: so so John, John is on the Let's Go Eat show because he begged me. To be on the Let's Go Eat Show, and then he bribed me. I literally He said, did. Yeah. He said "I'll I'll even provide the eats for the Let's Go Eat Show because j- usually we, not all of the time uh, lately, but most of the time, we have lunch or." Uh, some food while we're well, interviewing I always, people.
3: I always heard that uh you let the people choose which restaurant they wanted to go to. Generally, yeah. And so I told you which restaurant I wanted to go to and you said no. That's <laughs> yeah. Well, not like you just said no, that's no, disgusting. You no, can't no, go no there. not going there. Uh and I'm I, I'm known for my, my picky eating habits. You, I you eat like a child. I do. I in my my dentist even told me, he's like, dude you need to stop eating like a six year old. You really do. Uh, so, so when when you said that uh, you're like, well, we don't need to go anywhere. We can just go down the hall. And I said, I'll tell you what, I'll bring, I'll bring lunch so to, to you. S- so you've brought lunch brought for lunch. the Let's Go Eat show. What did you bring here? Uh, I brought what? I brought my standard lunch. Which this is, is a, what. You,
1: this. So this is what you would. Do you really eat this? Yeah,
3: every every day. This really? Yeah, uh, yeah. These are my favorite kind too. Usually I say these ones just for me. I don't even share these with the kid. This Lunchables. is the uh, Lunchable.
1: These are the things that my my kids sort of liked, and I always uh, would. Uh, tr- I would always say, "No, you can't have those."
3: Oh no, these are awesome! You've got turkey, and you've got cheese, and you've got crackers. Oh, so, I loved a lunchable,
1: and then and then you've got Oreos in there. So, what are they? Are they the same? Are these the same? Those are the same: turkey and American.
3: Okay. And then I also brought you a uh, a Welch's fruit snack, and you eat these too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause, and, so and that some, you get. Uh, and See? some cool ranch
1: Doritos, oh, so that you get fruit in your. <laughs> yeah, no, so, well, this is this is lovely. Some uh, fruit snacks, the Lunchables. Well, 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 okay, that's what we'll eat. That's that's while our we do the today. Let's Go Eat show.
3: We have so. to share the fruit snacks because apparently I lost one. Mm-hmm. I had two in there, but
1: you you can, John, you can have the fruit <laughs> snacks. Uh, but I'm going to start. I would start right in here with the uh, chips, the corn chips, because uh, the Doritos are they? they well, they're they're.
3: <laughs> they're they're the, not real Doritos, they're the are great they? Great value brand. <laughs> I uh, bought them to go to a neighborhood barbecue.
1: I'm going to start right in with these because they'll make the most noise on the microphone.
3: They're Glacial Ranch. Glacial Ranch. Yeah. All right. Well so, they taste the same.
1: <clears throat> no, they don't. It's
2: even worse when I don't have
3: anything to eat. Yeah, you want some? Yeah. I didn't know that Dylan talked on this.
1: Yeah, he does sometimes. Hey, dude. So. Hi, John. John Smith.
2: You think I've done this podcast for five years and never, and I'm not on it? Well, I'd give you more credit than that. But. All
1: right, John, here's what I already know about you. Okay. You are, um, you love guns. Yes. And, and I think probably have a bunch of guns. I do. Um, I know that you have worked at many different radio stations. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of them in Utah. Yes. Okay. Well, um,
3: mm-hmm. all of them. I've. I was in Utah for all of them, but some of them are out of state. Like okay, you, you like I would. I would do voice send tracks. my voice to other other markets. Yeah. Uh,
1: and you, you have a brother who, uh, I have a storied past with. A, <laughs> yes. Is this how you eat lunchables? Yeah. This? No, you just
3: peel the top right off of there. Just Take that off. There you go. Okay. And then you. And then you build. It's yeah. like it's like getting seven lunches in one. So you take take mm-hmm. the cracker, yeah, and you put that turkey on there. That's not like having
1: seven. How is that like having well, seven cause lunches? Well, because each one, in one
3: is its own individual uh, entity, and then you put your cheese on there, and so you've got yourself a uh, it's a lunchable. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's see, see. see what you got there. All right. Yeah. So, and if you oh. want to get real crazy, you can do the Big Mac. You can start. You can you can double mm-hmm. it up. Now, what if what if I put the Oreo? Oh, on that's there? just anarchy.
1: No, <laughs> I can't put the Oreo no, on there. No, you can't do All that. Right. You
3: got to save that till the end. That's dessert. All right.
1: Well, so uh, and now uh, look back to John Smith. And so you ha- you have a brother. The story passes, and it, and and John's uh, brother is Brett Smith, right? Uh, otherwise known as Jimmy Chung, correct? Who uh, who got his name from me? Right. I gave him the name. Yeah. So,
3: that's, which he actually he he admits to. He he fully owns that. It's one of the. Mm, man, See, it's good, right? One of th- no.
2: <laughs> yeah, let's hang on. Let's. What are mm. your thoughts about a lunchable? Mm. Is this your first lunchable ever?
1: Mm, I might have eaten one once before.
3: Dude, I'll sit down um, in my basement and watch Smokey and the Bandit and just go to town on one of these things. How do you How do you um, feel
2: about it? Bill?
1: It's 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 kind of bland, and you know, it's well, just kind of bland. It's a party right?
3: in my mouth, dude.
2: It's turkey on a cracker, but I it's not turkey on a
1: cracker. It's not. Like, I'll, let me just taste the turkey here without the cracker.
2: You're gonna throw off the ratio. It's see now
3: you've got too many cheese and crackers.
1: See now this is this is salty gum. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of the turkey is salty and uh-huh. it kind of has the consistency of gum, although it doesn't stay together in your mouth like
3: there's,
1: like uh, there's gum. ingredients on the back and uh, the cheese. I wouldn't <laughs>
3: read that if
2: I were you.
1: Uh, the cheese is. Uh, it's just like a American processed American it cheese.
3: It is processed American no. cheese. I also like to. Uh, I, the cheese gets a little sticky. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They stick together, so I like to separate my cheeses, okay. as as we go. Uh, that way, I can. I don't have to slow down when I'm lunch getting my lunchable on. Yeah, God
1: forbid you slow down on putting well, this shit in you, your you mouth. You get
3: slimy turkey fingers, mm. and you mm-hmm. you can't get your cheese apart. Gotcha. All right. So, your brother. Right.
1: It's Jimmy Chunga. <laughs> yes, and I guess we'll maybe get to him. At uh, we, some can, point. we can talk about. It. I, I
3: normally it? don't. I don't. Uh, I don't air the dirty laundry on the mm-hmm. on the radio, right? Because mainly because nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, that's, but, that's really quite true. But I think a lot of people that are tuning into this uh, this episode specifically of the podcast, they might, they care. They, they, they they might care. Okay. And there's there is there's a cool story there, so we can talk about. Okay,
1: that. well, let's go back in uh, back in your life.
3: How, uh, how old are you, John? I am thirty-eight. And, and Trunk is your older brother? Correct. He's nine years my elder. Nine. Yeah. Hmm. We have a sister in between us. All right. I've
1: met your sister. Man. She's very nice. Brandy. Brandy. Very nice. I. I met her, one, I think, just one time. Very nice. Yeah. So you um, grew up in Utah?
3: Yes. Taylorsville.
1: And uh, your your uh, mom still lives in Taylorsville. And I yep. know your dad passed away recently. Yeah, last year. Pretty, pretty suddenly, too. Really
3: suddenly. I mean, he'd had uh, he'd had health problems. Uh, you know, he... He'd, suffered a heart attack several like two or three mm. heart attacks no. actually a stroke at one point and it had diabetes and mm-hmm. nerve damage and uh and but he was actually doing really well like i had just hung out with him at a nascar race in las vegas mm-hmm. a couple of days before he died that was actually the last time i saw him yeah so it was quite um, sudden and and he just he was up getting a snack and just down he went and the paramedic said he was gone before he hit the floor so what was it a lunchable it was not a lunchable. it was a, it was a thing of peaches okay good Uh, it was at least it was we we banned the song peaches from x96 for a whole year (laughs) afterwards we just barely recently put it back in
1: so um you you grow up and uh uh, you're going to taylorsville Mm -hmm. schools and taylorsville high school and all of that uh so what why radio what happened where where Um, did you want to do that what made you want to do that
3: well one one is because uh I grew up listening to, to KJQ and KCGL, and mm-hmm. I, I feel weird talking with food in my mouth. This goes against every radio law I've ever been taught. Yeah, I know. Was that kind of why you do it? Yeah. Oh, all right. Um,
2: no, that's not why he does it. No,
3: we it. do it because it's-
2: He does it because of all of the things he, he doesn't give a shit about. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, we can sounding, swear on this too? Yeah, sounding good or offending I don't. people.
3: I don't really so, give
1: a shit about all those radio rules.
3: So we, uh, my, my brother and my sister and I, we were actually all really big fans of music and KJQ and KCGL. And we would actually stay up late listening uh, to KCGL to hear to hear the newer songs mm-hmm. as they'd get played. And we were all into bands like Depeche Mode and U2 and The mm-hmm. Cure. And, and uh, we would all just kind of uh, tease each other about which songs we liked. You know, Brandy really liked Wang Chung. Everybody uh,
1: have fun tonight. Everybody, Brett Hayden Wing Chung. Wang
3: Chung. You know, Brett made fun of her relentlessly because mm-hmm. he was into he was into the Cure and Tears for Fears, and I was into the more quirky bands like Devo and mm-hmm. and and uh, you know Sisters of Mercy and mm. uh, and so we all kind of had our own individual music tastes, and that's it was the three of us kind of doing our own thing, and me and my friends would do our own little radio shows. We called it JJU because it sounded like KJQ. At the time, I was like in the fifth grade. J- J- I was ripping you guys off when I was eleven years old, man. This, <laughs> so
1: uh, J J John and
3: somebody. Uh, other? Yeah, John, John, and, and my friend Josh, mm-hmm. and we were in, in, and you, the listener. Yeah, so okay. so we were in my basement, and uh, a couple of years after that, Brett gets a job when X ninety six starts. As yeah, he came your along.
1: Intern- he came along. X ninety six started, and he came down and just started hanging around. Yeah, as people often do to get into radio, at, at which showed initiative on his part. Yeah, and uh, started hanging around and working for free. And then at some point, uh, Carrot or did Dom and I? He was so Dom Casual it and I were like doing the show. You and Dom, yeah. When he was hanging around, uh, and then I think Dom and I made him our producer, and he started
3: getting paid
1: right. at that point. And then when Dom left, and Carrie and I started doing the show together, he
3: stayed on as our producer. I remember. I remember he was. I mean, he was hungry. Like he taught me so much before I even was, you know, knew that that was a possibility for me. I remember learning from him how hungry he was at the time, because uh, he'd go in on weekends, and he'd go in on nights, and he'd go in on snowstorms. He worked
1: and, pretty hard,
3: and that that taught me a lot just by watching mm-hmm. how. And not just him. I mean, I I remember watching you know cousin Brad drive through. Through a snowstorm once to get to the radio station to take over the next time slot, because I'd go hang out at the radio station with him. Mm -hmm. Um, And then so fast forward, he gets his own morning show. He goes a little nuts. Uh, (laughs) We'll we'll get (laughs) to that. Hang on, hang on. No, we're going to fast forward. We'll come back to that. Um, So when did you get your first radio uh, show? My first radio show was in 1998. Uh, I got weekends on 107.5 The End working for Biff. And that's where your brother was working as well. So he was doing mornings on The End uh and biff raff uh who was a legend from the kjq KCGL Mm -hmm. days i just saw him uh yeah you 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 guys just saw him at book of mormon the other Mm -hmm. night um he gave me an opportunity uh i i had gone through a lot of things i tried joining the army but i'm diabetic so they said no uh i tried becoming a cop but um that's just not the life for me so that didn't work you, out. So you wanted
1: to do something involving guns, I, which know, is ra- just, what radio kind of fits that. Too. It was
3: just kind of a natural. I wanted to to do something that just looked fun and looked cool. You know what I mean? And that's being really young and not understanding a lot about how the world worked. And, and uh, you know, you get a cool car. You get to carry guns. You get to wear the, the cool uniform. And and so I I really idolized that, that position. And then there's a mm-hmm. lot of cops in my family. So they were like, oh, yeah, go go be a cop, dude. You could do that. So why
1: didn't that work out?
3: Because uh, being a cop sucks. <laughs> well, it can't be worse uh, than being on the radio. No, I remember I did some ride-alongs uh, and was, was getting ready to go to the the Post Academy. And I remember being in uh, some situations with, with cops when they dealt with domestic disputes and pulling a fat guy out of a bathtub and dealing with missing people. And I just like, you know, one week of doing that, and I was just like, can can I can I can, yeah, I, can, you can I say, say, it? You can say fuck I that. literally I told the sergeant I'm like fuck this. This is just not the world for me. And yeah. he laughed and he goes it's not the world for a lot of people. Yeah. And and I did what a lot of cops should do when they realize that and and ran as far away from that as I could because I knew I would absolutely suck at that job.
1: No, you uh, were you still in high school when you were doing some of this? No,
3: I was out of high school. I was uh, I was 19. Um, did you go to college at all? No. No. No one, desire. Not one day. Um, I had just, no
1: desire to do it
3: No I uh, I always kind of looked at higher education As a, uh, uh, a necessity If you know what you want to do I was surrounded by a lot of friends That were going to college mm-hmm. And had no idea what they were going to do with it So I'm like what the fuck are you going to school for If you don't know what you're going to be Why are yeah. you spending all this money and time I'm going to figure out what I want to do And while I, was, uh, while I was trying to figure that out uh, an, A night job opened up At K-Bear and I tried out for it, uh, which was the rock station, and and Biff was the PD over that, the mm-hmm. program director mm-hmm. over that as well. And he's like, you know what, you you sound a lot like your brother, and you have a lot of knowledge about this alternative music that we play. I'm going to put you on my station.
1: And so you, and so there you are, nineteen.
3: Uh, nineteen. Nineteen.
1: Yeah. What was your first? Uh, um, I, you know, you say you used to listen to K, KJQ and X96 mm-hmm. and all that. Um. I think you told me a story one one time about you had an encounter with me that I I would have no memory of
3: uh, about
1: pro- giving you a prize or something. Yeah, you gave, me, uh, you
3: gave me you uh, gave me my first Bad Religion tape at uh, a remote. At a remote, yep. it was a movie buff's remote, and I re- I remember you had really really long hair. Yeah, and it was nineteen I want to say nineteen ninety three. Um, jeez yeah it so was you a, were really young i was then. i was really and there were they had just opened a movie buffs in taylorsville and it was a, it was within biking distance to my house mm-hmm. and i remember the prize wheel uh was just enormous you had to tow it behind yeah we the had car. a we had a little wa- uh trailer yeah the, the, the wheel of prizes and so i uh, the hypnotic wheel of prizes yeah. uh the things i remember about x96 back in the day will just astound most uh and and you gave me this it was a the recipe for hate bad religion tape and it was my first uh my first radio prize was i nice to you oh you were super nice to me okay um <laughs> the first time i met carrie he wasn't nice to me but you were very nice to me uh and then there was another time i met you at um uh, super sliders what was the what magic waters and we were doing you were doing a, a rollerblade remote at magic waters <laughs> really you, you convinced the guy to let me wear some rollerblades for free <laughs> they, oh, were, awesome. they were charging people three dollars to wear rollerblades and you're like no he's with us <laughs> you let him wear them for free and I thought that was really cool you know uh, can we take a break
1: I want to take this phone take call take a break we'll be, right back. be some, right back
3: eat some lunchables hi I'm JD I'm Peterson this is Spencer <laughs> and we're the 3-bit gamer show where we fight about video games no we don't yeah we really do Ugh. be sure to subscribe on iTunes and follow us on Facebook at 3-bit gamer show pants are optional
1: uh, so are we back
3: are we back now? Yeah. Okay. I've so, noticed. Can I just point this one thing out? Yeah. Bill's Lunchable is gone.
1: I'm really hungry. I'm only halfway
3: through. Well, John, you have to remember. Been I ate mowing through that. Thing.
1: I ate breakfast this morning. Uh, let's see. What time is it now? It's 11.15 uh, or so. Yeah. I had breakfast this morning at 5.15. So you're hungry. So I'm hungry. Well, so, it, well, and how, you're how, doing how, most of the talking how, so I can eat the fucking Lunchable, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's I, I not good, but I'm eating it. I haven't
2: a, eaten anything today.
3: Dude, you want my last one? No,
1: nope. there's one left. No, it's terrible. He I think eat. I
3: want I want Dylan to eat that one so he can give me a review. Dylan
1: doesn't eat cheese.
2: Uh, no, I don't eat melted cheese. Oh, oh. God! All you, your you own people, kid,
1: all of you people with your stupid <laughs> ass, picky <laughs> eating picadillos.
2: Jeez! I just—it's a texture. It's too—I don't like it. It's goopy and it stringy, and it reminds me of eating boogers. How did you eat your boogers?
0: He kid? still eats his boogers.
2: So That's what I, I want... had for breakfast today. No.
3: Actually. <laughs> so anyway, was I the first radio person you ever met? No, Biff was the first one I ever met. He was at a, a, a Gamma Rays. We're performing at the Wave Pool at Raging Waters. Oh, I wonder if my wife was in the band at that time. Oh,
1: really? My wife was a keyboard
3: player for the Gamma Rays. She would have been. I re- I remember. So she would have signed my poster, oh. which I still have. In fact, over at my desk right now, I have a Gamma Rays tape that they gave me at that show. Huh. Um, and I remember Biff gave me one of those KJQ stickers. It was the pink and black ones. Remember mm-hmm. those? Yeah, the disco sticker. We and called it. Uh, and the parking pass, the Radio from Hell University parking sticker, mm-hmm. which <laughs> yep. we put on my mom's car. She we got in trouble awesome. for yeah. those. Really? Yeah. Because I'm guessing people tried to use well, them at the university. Well,
1: they looked almost exactly like right. the
3: University of Utah
1: parking sticker. We had so, so Carrie and I created Radio from Hell University, and we said, "Well, we have to have parking stickers for the for our cars <laughs> that come to park at our university," and we modeled it uh, exactly after the U parking sticker. Well, I guess people were putting them on their cars and going up and trying to park at the <laughs> university. And the U. I mean, they weren't. We didn't get in big trouble. They they said, "Would you?" Could you please not do that? Alter them or give them, you know. I said, <laughs> well, it does. Well, awesome. No, it just, I mean, it said right on it, you know, it was a radio from hell, not the U of and U. It, and
3: I remember the, uh, it said, expires when hell freezes over. That's I remember right. that was the, and we put it on my mom's car. My mom thought it was awesome, so. No.
1: Uh, so you so you get your first job after being just a radio nerd right. as a kid. You get your first job at uh,
3: 107.9. 107.5. 107.5. Yeah. <clears throat>
1: Didn't they start out as 107.9, the end? No, it was 107.5, and then it,
3: 5, oh, that's and then right. it went we, to
1: 101.9. We made fun of them because they weren't really the... Right. The, the end should always be right really at the end of the dial. because uh, they weren't.
3: The, because there was this guy, this, this a-hole named Kayvon, who's now our boss, mm-hmm. uh, put a station on called 107.9 The Edge oh, right, after, right. <laughs> right after right <laughs> after the end <started. laughs> oh, was that? I didn't know that. That was he Kayvon, was, no. yeah. yeah.
1: So... <laughs> So you were working uh, at at uh, the end, and I'm and Carrie and I, and we're doing X ninety six by this time, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, we were not uh, we were not good friends with that radio station.
3: Well, no, there's some bad blood there, obviously. For yeah. uh, you know, you guys all start together, and mm-hmm. then there's bad blood. On do, your...
2: you wanna, do you want to do you want to take this time to talk about that?
1: Well, I get. I mean, what we can say about it, uh, I would say about I don't, it. Honestly,
2: is, I don't know. I don't know. Th- I don't know the story.
1: So what I would say about it is, uh, we're doing X96 and we're being pretty successful right out of the gate. We're pretty good. and We're right. doing well and uh, <clears throat> getting more and more popular. And the morning show is doing well. Carrie, Carrie and Bill, Radio from Hell, and uh, Jimmy Chunga, uh, 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 John's brother, Brad, uh, is our producer and and he 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 was a he was a he was an okay producer. Uh, he was, but he was valuable and good uh, as uh, characters and sketches, sure. and and you know we we included him in the show quite often. And
2: uh, I have I have one mem- before you move on from him being your producer. Mm-hmm. My one memory of your brother was in the Provo X ninety six in the Provo days. Mm-hmm. I was five years old or something, and uh, for some reason you had brought a Playboy to talk about. Or some kind of porno- pornographic oh. magazine to talk about on the show, <laughs> and I would just sit there because I was—I'm a, a nerd. I would just—it's my job now. I just sit there next to you while you did the show. Right. When I was a kid, it was my favorite. thing wouldn't to even go to talk? The studio wouldn't talk. And uh, now was, I can't
1: shut him up. It right? was
2: time for the Playboy segment, and you pulled it out and, and opened a page, and I kind of peeked over, mm-hmm. and you went, "Hey, get out of here! You're five, Jimmy." Come- and so uh, Chunga took me out and we walked around the field in front of the <laughs> KJQ studio like throwing or the rocks the X96 and stuff, studio or, yeah. or X96 yeah. studio throwing rocks until the porn was gone.
3: Well, that's fun. Take him out of here. That was <laughs> a, that was all I... until the boobies were gone. Yeah. So so anyway, we're being And now that's why every time you see boobies you throw <laughs> rocks at him. <them>. Hey.
1: <laughs> no, it's whenever he sees chunga he throws rocks at
3: him. <laughs> whenever I see chunga I think of boobies. So and I, you know, and I, I you know, I'm happy to, to you know, I don't want to spill a hole. And I, I certainly don't want to make this all about him. But I yep. know a lot of people, I I get questions about him all the time.
1: Well, there's really not much. I mean, from my vantage point, there's not a lot to say. Right. Other than, uh, so the, so uh, there's, a, uh, I don't know who exactly started at the end, uh, but uh, Biff was over there. And... Um, some other uh, folks from
3: uh we had Biff and Andrea and oh, right. uh, and Dom
1: and so uh, we get a uh chunga gets a call and says you want to come and do a a morning show for uh, for us with Mr West and chunga asked us you he know, was with uh, with
3: Marcus <clears throat> first Marcus was his first person sure yeah all right
1: okay anyway no, see, I think, I think I think he was with Mister. Then he was with Marcus, and then he was with Mister again. Now,
3: Mister. He and Mister did the Cold Case, right on the Saturday yeah, night thing, right on X ninety six. But I, I'm pretty sure that the morning show started with with either, yeah. I don't. We'll have to. At any like rate, like doesn't like, <laughs> like it fucking matters. But I mean, he
1: sort of <laughs> asked us, "What do you think? Should I do this?" And I and I said no. I said I think you. Uh, I don't think you're really. I don't. I think you would be better if you waited another year before you did your own morning show. I said, I understand that you want to do it, but I think you would be better at it if you waited a little bit longer and just, you know, kind of developed more. Right. Because he was not, he had not been in radio very long. Only
3: a couple of years. Yeah.
1: And, uh, but he went, no, I'm going to do it. And so off he went. And then uh, it was a pretty bitter fight between the two radio stations for a long time. Oh, yeah. A long time. It was.
3: It was. Uh, if you ever watched Cheers, it was like Cheers versus Gary's Old Town Tavern. Like it was mm-hmm. this. Uh, it was this rivalry yeah. that, like, we would mess with your guys' shows. Uh, you guys would would mess with our shows. Mm. Um, I remember we we made the X ninety sucks stickers and passed them out at the Big Ass Show once. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know we would, and I, I think Biff told me a story about flying a hot air balloon over the stage once with an End logo. I don't remember that. Yeah, uh, I don't. Uh, but I, I mean, you hear stories, mm-hmm. and obviously, depending on the source, the story may be completely fabricated. But ultimately, <clears throat> we won. <laughs> well, yeah, you got me.
1: Yeah. So. So I mean, that's essentially the story.
3: You know, the funny thing is, is uh, you know, we had uh, 22 different jocks that passed through the end, uh, the end studio, and I think there's, I think me and Carrie Bushman are the only ones that are still on the radio today. Really. So she's on FM 100. And I'm on X 96.
1: Uh, I think it's interesting that you know how many DJs were went through this. I'm a
3: geek, man. That's that's. The, I love I love this industry. I love this job, and I think that's I think that's what confuses a lot of people.
1: Yeah. See, I've never cared for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. I don't. I I like I like doing the radio from hell show, but I don't like radio at all. Right. I don't like the business of radio. Yeah. I don't like all of that. You know.
3: I, I love uh, I, I love the marketing behind it. I love the sales behind it. I don't like doing sales, but I love just the the the, the parts that come together to make a radio station function.
1: So, how many radio stations have you worked
3: at? Uh, see now that number, I don't know. Um, I think I think eleven is the last number. Uh, full time, full time employment. There have been five. Well, let me see. There's uh, the mm-hmm. end. Uh, then there was the new KJQ, which. Was a disaster. Uh, and then I went and did a station in St. George called The Planet. Uh, started an alternative, first alternative station in southern Utah. Mm-hmm. And people thought alternative meant gay. So we got a lot of protests, and mm-hmm. that town just was not ready for hearing Stone Temple Pilots and Nine Inch Nails. So uh, I got run out on a rail on that station. Uh, I got put over on a Britney Spears, Avril Lavigne, Maroon 5 station called sunny 106 uh-huh. uh and then from there i went to a rap station b92 one they, they were ready for rap but not oh they loved their rap they they loved their All biggie the, smalls the, the white and, boys love yeah, that stuff. I, just, <laughs> I don't know man uh and then i went from there to 95.9 the hawk mm-hmm. uh and then from there to x96 uh and, and there have been a lot of like voice tracked side jobs in yeah. between then and there but
1: do you, know, you know how many stations I've worked for? One. <laughs> I mean, really, if you consider that KJQ morphed into X-96. It's the same. It's the same station. I've worked. I've never been fired.
3: I am so jealous of that. Never
1: been. I never. I don't know. I've had a couple of other job offers here and there, but never.
3: Being fired sucks. Yeah.
1: So bad. So, were you fired from all of those jobs? Not all of them. I was fired from most of them. Uh
3: Not uh, and like when you, when you hear the word fired, you think, oh, I you took your pants off in a meeting. You you know. Uh, well, no.
1: What that means is we're moving in another direction, right. and that you're not that direction. Like
3: KJQ, the the station flipped formats, and we were all let go. The Planet, the station flipped formats, and we. What were about all let the go.
1: end? What happened
3: there? Uh The end. I quit Um to come work at KJQ. I got offered a music director position. Uh, to work at KJQ, and I eventually did mornings and program director.
1: So when you came to work at KJQ, it was in the same building that uh, X-96 and Carrie and Yeah, the, the trolley building. Yeah, and Gina, I think Gina was on the show by then. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <clears throat> so you come to work there, and I don't think I knew who you were. I don't think I did really I, knew who you were for a while.
3: My reputation had not preceded me at that point.
1: What, what, would, what would your reputation be? The
3: afternoon guy from The End is here.
1: No. I, I don't think... <laughs> see, again, because I don't pay attention yeah. to that stuff. That's, that's what I mean by the radio business is not something that interests me much. Right. Uh, but then at some point, I guess I, uh, somebody I realized, wait, this is Brett Smith, Jimmy Chunga, who I can't stand anymore, mm-hmm. his brother. So I don't think we, uh, I don't think Carrie and I were. It's not that we weren't nice to you. I think we ignored you. Ignored you, me. Ignored you no. completely.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think. Uh, what
1: that? How did that make you feel?
3: It was expected. I mean, I kind of figured um, going to a rival station, KJQ, was uh, very much an end rival at the time because they were both kind of playing that that kind of more mm-hmm. classic alternative. Where mm-hmm. this was 2004, and X96 was more in the system of a down against the machine. Corn, yeah. uh type of type of place. So X96 in the end weren't head to head so much anymore, but I knew uh, it really sucked, man. I mean, and not just what you guys did, but it really sucked moving over uh, because I lost all of my friends at the end. Everybody that I had ever mentored with and, and learned from uh, and now called me a turncoat for going over to, to Simmons. And then I get over, and then nobody here. Nobody at Simmons. liked Nobody you. at Simmons liked me because of who my brother was, and nobody trusted me because I was coming over from. Mm-hmm. They were like, "Well, you know, maybe he's a spy." Yeah, that was that was, and Alan Hag, <clears throat> guys, um, he was a, uh, a head program director. Yeah. Uh, he was the one who actually brought me over. He was the one that came and hired me. Uh, he said, "No, nobody's going to like you." Mm-hmm. You're okay with that, and I was just so hungry for advancement and to have a new opportunity to move up, because uh, I'd been with the end for uh, six years at this point and was still doing nights and weekends and just working my ass still off win. every hall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. just looking for a solid spot, and this was my first full time slot. Uh, and so I was like, yeah, fuck it, man, I'll go. I'll I'll do whatever you need. Uh, and so I came over, and and uh, Nukem was nice to me, and, and uh, you know, the KJQ staff was obviously cool, but mm-hmm. um, there was also some animosity there because I replaced Chet and Brad, uh, oh, yeah, who, were, right. who were longtime fixtures mm-hmm. in the radio community and were longtime friends of you and Carrie mm-hmm. and Gina. And and, uh, and so in comes John Smith uh, to replace
1: yeah, the friends of ours,
3: mm-hmm. you know. And, and how
1: long did that how long did that last that you were there? It was
3: uh, about a year. Good salt a good yeah, salt. About a year. About a, I think maybe a year and a half. And then <laughs> it was they not long. And then uh, they've
1: decided that this was not working out.
3: Yeah, it just it wasn't making any money. It mm. was on three different signals. I mean, it was 103.1 in Salt Lake, one hundred point seven in Ogden, and 105.1 in Provo. And I had to say that shit every time I opened the mic. Well that's
2: the way it
1: was with the old oh, old KJQ
3: gosh. too. I mean, the old KJK yeah. was on.
1: You know what, what? Biff, I think, came up with the the slogan. You know, uh, uh, three shitty signal, three <laughs> lousy signals, one great station <laughs> with three lousy <laughs> signals. Or you know.
3: And it was just right at the time when streaming was becoming a thing and mm-hmm. and uh, downloading was becoming a thing and MP3s were just kind of mm-hmm. getting their traction and so the station just never it, it, what we call a one share mm-hmm. you know its ratings it never it never got past a one so uh so
1: you so you, so after that you go you're out of a job what do you do yeah
3: I I applied to over three hundred different radio stations across the country. Uh I Were you I, married at this point? Yeah, I was married but you know, no kids mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and not a whole lot of family ties because my brother and I weren't weren't speaking at this point. Mm-hmm. Um uh and he and I haven't literally haven't talked since then. Like like since you left since the, I left. The end? Uh there were some words exchanged. We call it uh Sharon and I call it the fuck you match. Mm-hmm. And I hung up the phone, and he hung up the phone, and that
1: why was did that happen? That uh, it's you. A long story. We, I mean, you yeah, were you
3: you were close to your brother at one. Oh night. yeah, we were tight. I mean, we were we were best pals. But um uh, you know, it's it's dirty laundry. I mean, it's it's family mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, so it
1: not not professional stuff. More, no, it more was it was stuff. all family stuff.
3: Well, I mean, it was professional stuff in that um uh, he didn't like where I was going, and I I felt uh for various reasons that he was trying to. Uh, conv- you hold conv- you back. He was trying to convince me of things that were not in my best interest, but mm-hmm. in his best interest. Yeah. Uh, and when I got the morning show for KJQ, it really became apparent that uh, we were no longer going to be friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and that continues, and to this day. Yeah, uh, I saw him at Dad's funeral, uh, and that. Didn't go so hot either. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, it's one of those things. Family squabbles are, are no, you know, everybody's got family members that they don't agree with. So. Yeah, I can't hate. I can't stand my son here, <laughs> <I>? <laughs> and he doesn't like me, much. Um, and people, people ask about him all the time, and I'm just like, you know what? I love my brother. I do. I learned so much from him, and and both in how to act and how not to act. And I love my brother. I I, I, I have no problem saying that. Uh, and it's easier to love him when i don't you just don't talk want to, to it you just don't want to be around him uh, and the, the really fucking hard thing is that he works across the street
1: yeah he works in in this neighborhood <laughs> he works he?
3: across so, the street so you so, run
1: into him on the corner street every once in a while yeah we, we walk past each other and just don't don't nope. acknowledge nope yeah cuz i've told you this story that i ran saw him into him in the him. bathroom yeah i ran into him at and i was really surprised at a at a movie theater I walk in the bathroom and he's kind of walking out and, I, and and it's been a long time since I'd seen him but I went, "Hey. Hey." And I was going to be pleasant. You know, I was surprised and caught off guard and I was going to be pleasant and he went he, he went, "What? <laughs> Do I and know I sh- you?" <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's and I said, "You you, uh, you you look an awful lot like somebody I know." And he said, "We've never met." and walked out the door.
3: Huh? That's that sounds about right. I mean, we, it's not even that awkward. It's just kind of uh, strangers on the street almost. Uh, and if if we were to talk, it would be pleasant. It would be, you know, hey, how are things? All right. Well, I'll see you around. But we just don't even do that. Um, so your
1: career arc, as and- such as it is. Uh, well, what is it? I mean, do you do you feel uh, as though oh oh since... I gotta go,
3: I gotta go back. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. okay, uh, I gotta go back. So um, one of the things is he had he had kind of a reputation uh, your brother, of being Chunga. being mm-hmm. a, a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so a lot of people wouldn't work with me. and knowing 10 you know ten years later or whatever, uh, hearing these stories of oh yeah, we, we didn't hire you because we didn't know. If you were were like that, well, that's or, not fair. No, it's really not. But I literally got passed up on jobs at like Mill Creek Broadcasting and Bonneville Broadcasting, and so I I kind of came to terms with the fact that I was going to have to leave the market.
1: So, uh, uh, so you applied at three hundred stations, yeah, so and then you finally get some. I, I, uh, nibble I did
3: job I did job interviews in Milwaukee. I did job interviews in in Trenton, New Jersey. I did job interviews in Florida. Uh, I drove seven hundred miles to Bakersfield, California, for a job that I didn't get. Um, and I ended up getting getting a morning show and, and program director position in Saint George. I was able to stay in Utah and, and move down there and had a great time. Did your
1: wife ever um, say to you while you were when
3: Big Mobile charges you an arm and a leg? They're taking your money and your power and your arm and leg. Boost Mobile gives your power back with an unlimited plan for twenty five dollars a month on one of America's largest five G networks. We can't give you back your arm and your leg because we're not qualified surgeons unless you're an iguana who can grow limbs back switch to boost and get an unlimited plan for 25 dollars a month boost mobile unleash your power new customers only one line 25 dollars per month with auto pay additional restrictions apply see boostmobile.com for details
1: applying for all of those jobs and, and the kind of stuff that you know that, uh, maybe you ought to consider something else not once
3: never she has uh she has stood by this god awful uh, career choice of mine uh the entire time, she's never even questioned it.
2: In her defense, I, John doesn't have any other skills. He this really. Is true. <laughs> He really has to I could to do be a radio. bounty
1: hunter. I could be dog the no. bounty hunter. Well, he knows how to shoot a gun.
3: I I could be uh, I could be Charles Bronson. He mm-hmm. owns guns. I don't and know then, if he knows how to oh, shoot guns. Oh, I think guns. he does. Oh, I I I can show you a thing or two. Um, it's okay. And and <laughs> your,
1: and your wife I've met only a couple of times. Yeah. And she's re- really nice and um a she's, school,
3: school she's, teacher? Uh, she uh or, worked for a school district, for a school in, district. in the like, the accounting and ordering oh. and, and accounts oh. payable.
1: So you get you get a job uh, as a uh, doing programming at this and and a morning show at, in Saint George, uh-huh.
3: yeah, the John Smith Show,
1: yeah, and th- you came back to X ninety six at some point, or uh, back to Simmons at some point after that, right?
3: Yeah, just uh, uh, for the job I have now, um, came back. Uh, so it's uh, you know you kind of get in, in a town like Saint George, um, you you have a lot of liberty to do a lot of things, and uh, that that big markets don't have because we we only get ratings once a year um there's not a whole lot of staff to tell you no there's you know you can kind of get away with a lot so we Mm -hmm. did live broadcasts from iraq during the war we got the mayor to name a day after me we got uh, the key to the city we got uh you know we would go and do a whole lot of things that lawyers in this company would never allow me to do well you tried that yeah Yeah, you guys tried that
1: carrie and i were going to go to iraq richie our producer had it all all really was all arranged all done and and uh, the, our management wouldn't let us do right. it. They said, "Oh no, no, you're too valuable to the company. We're worried that you're going to get hurt." And I said, so so we're more valuable than David Letterman. <laughs> we're more valuable <laughs> than Stephen Colbert yeah. or whatever. Because they ever they've all they all did it. Uh, at some
2: point, you change and you said, "Well, Bill will just go and Carrie will stay," mm-hmm. so that if the Something happens. You still have one oh, of the. You guys, still have mommy or they, daddy at home. And they made yeah. And they made you. They made, they made you like search insurance policies. Yeah. But it just right. never never got off the ground.
1: No, never never had. And
3: so we got we got away with a lot of stuff. But then eventually I got to like I did a thirty foot ramp jump with the Nitro Circus, and you know I did all of these these really fun things, and uh, and then you kind of get to a point where you kind of you kind of you know, wonder what to do next. Well, you, you know? yeah, I mean, you were the big. Big, big, big dog. I, I really was. I was, I was a big fish in a little pond. Right. Um, so why,
1: why was number one rated give,
3: morning show for like five years? Wasn't
1: it hard to give that up?
3: Not really. Um, I mean, you, you know, I mean, you've been doing this long enough that I mean, if you're not enough without it, you're not enough with it. And So I, I, I appreciated all of that. I, I was very grateful for all of that, and I loved how supportive the listeners were and how supportive the fans and sponsors were. But I never really put a whole lot of stock into it. I knew that it had nothing to do with, with who I am as a person. It was just my job. So I get just as much satisfaction out of being a music director and a midday personality on X96 as I did uh, being, you know, face on the billboards and, you know, that guy. Really? Uh, that's, that's, I, I mean, because
1: it's uh, – I mean, uh, you know, uh, I always say – you know, I'm I'm very well known in Salt Lake, and I, you know, I go out and, and people say hi to me all the time, yeah. and, you know, occasionally businesses will say, oh, you know, oh, you don't have to, you know, I'll have a meal somewhere to say, no, no, it's on the house, you know, uh, and, you know, that happens. Sure. And um, my wife claims that when that goes away, which it will sometime, you know, uh, I won't be Bill Allred on the radio anymore, she thinks I'm going to just hate it, <laughs> and I... <laughs> And I yeah. and I kind of mean I maintain that I think I'll be fine with it because you know I've had a good run, but I hope that's the case. I agree so, with your you're, wife. You're fine with it.
3: I honestly, yeah. I mean, what I I don't know. It's it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, yeah, it was really it's really cool. You know, your face is on a billboard. That's really neat. But you still nothing changes at home. You know what I mean? Nothing. You don't feel any better about yourself. You don't get any more money for it. Usually, you just kind of go. Oh, that's kind of a cool feather in well, the cap. Is this
1: is this is what you do now the end of the line?
3: No, no. I mean, um, uh, there's there's a lot of uh, uh, future in what I'm doing. I mean, me, radio, everybody says radio is dying. I I think it's just the opposite. Radio is evolving. You know, there's there's uh, a lot of people that say, oh, yeah, radio is a dead medium. It's outdated. And I'm like, listen, people are always going to need local, local talent. People are always going to need somebody that relates to what they're going through where they live and and what their community, uh, what's going on in their community.
1: They're, they're going to need somebody to tell them what the weather's going to be, <laughs> right? What time it is. <laughs> and where the next nuclear strike will be, that's,
3: that's all they need. Today, today the nuclear strike is going to be in Provo. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I mean, somebody, whether, and, and, and I'm just happy being in radio. I mean, I, I love the industry. So whether that's as a morning show host or a program director or a music director or what, I just, I like what I do.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not a fair question, I guess. But I guess what I was asking you is if you look to advance – and that would require go- going somewhere else, perhaps, or or are you just waiting for me to die? Well, there's a little bit of that, sure. Uh- <laughs> there have been there's there have been a lot of other people who <laughs> who've waited for that.
3: That's a, that's going to be a long wait. Uh, I think you guys. Are well, I be, hope. I mean, um, uh, you know, it's it is it
1: is getting more clo- it is getting closer to the end. Of the, we're we're not getting any younger. No, but it's. Uh, you I'm going to
2: push him down the stairs on the way out of the studio. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so what do you want to do? For, You're gonna that's, do for a a whole, that's for a whole other reason, not for a radio oh. show. Just I, I <laughs> he just I don't like. He just wants
3: much. to see you go down the stairs. Yeah. You know, it's, it would be funny. I think waiting for you guys to, to retire would be a terrible uh, a business plan. I because
1: think. people say you've been doing this so long. Uh, when he, when do you think you might retire? And I, my, I guess my stock answer is, well, I don't know. I guess when somebody comes into the studio and turns off the microphone <laughs> and tap and kind of pats me on the back and says, Bill, that's enough. You can go now.
3: And, and honestly, I mean, the the you and I are in two very separate worlds on the station because yeah. I'm I'm in the programming side and you're you're on the talent side most of the time. I'm I I'm in the talent pool some of the time, but I'm mostly not on, very often. On the, John, right? Really, yeah. I've listened to your show. Yeah, it's really no, not very. I talk. I I I say like four things an hour. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't talk a whole lot. But um, uh, waiting for a morning show opportunity would, you know, it, it's just not the the world right now does not allow somebody to just be a morning show host or just a music director you have to be able to do everything Mm -hmm. so i i'm i will do whatever you know i'm as long as my family's fed and as long as i'm enjoying the job and the management treats me with a little bit of dignity um notice i didn't say respect just Mm -hmm. dignity you know let let me uh let me come in the the actual door don't let me come in the back stairs um so, so you. I'm, I'm happy.
1: So your, uh, so your plan is to keep, just keep. Radio will be until you get to the point where somebody where comes somebody in comes and in turns it off. Turns off the yeah. microphone. Says that,
3: that's it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. right now the position I'm in right now financially, I'm doing. You know, I no complaints. I've got. You know the. Uh, you got a house. Sa- satisfaction wise, job mm-hmm, satisfaction wise, mm-hmm. no complaints there. I get to work with my best friends, mm-hmm. uh, people who I consider family. Uh, and I get to listen to music that I love. I get to hang out with rock stars. I get to, and I get to go home and spend a ton of time with my with my wife and kids. So uh, I have zero complaints about the world I'm in right now. What was it
1: like um, uh, going to? Uh, what was it like going to Iraq?
3: Going to Iraq was. Uh, I went twice. Um, the first time I went for it was about two months. Uh, and the second time I two went. Two months. Yeah, two months. What did you do for two months? Uh, well, so the <laughs> so the way the way this worked out was we had a Utah National Guard unit uh, who had deployed to Kuwait. Uh, it was it was a, a, an aviation unit out of out of West Jordan and they had deployed to Kuwait. And I wanted to go visit them and talk to Utah troops because there were St. George uh, residents who were in that unit. And it took so long to cut through all the government red tape and to get the approval to do it that by the time I got permission to go, they had already come home. Wow. It took more than a year to work wow. it out. And the way I did it, I had to be accredited as an actual journalist with the National Journalist Association or whatever the yep. hell that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had to have some sort of media credential. And so we had a CBS News affiliate in in the radio station. And so – I got listed as a CBS News journalist. And so when that got approved and I decided not to go, the Department of Defense contacted me and said, hey, would you like to be an embedded journalist in a combat unit? And I said, yeah, that sounds like fun. Let's go do that. And so I convinced the radio station I was on at the time to let me do the morning show from Iraq uh, over a satellite phone and through Armed Forces Network radio studios, which are in Baghdad. And you did that every day for a month. Every day after, uh, for almost two months. Really? Yeah. Every Every day. What uh, was the,
1: What was the radio show like that you were doing?
3: Um, at the time, it was a morning zoo type of thing. It was It was mostly me just doing offensive stereotype voices and and uh, you know reading reading news stories and you know. And you just did the same thing from Baghdad. Uh, pretty much. Yeah. I I still had uh, I had internet access and I had my laptop and so I would just uh, we had Carrie Bushman. Uh, mm-hmm. Who who was an end alumnist? Mm-hmm. Uh, she was my morning show partner the first time I went, and so she would do the show uh, for the most part in St. George, and then I would check in two or three times an hour mm-hmm. uh, and just interview troops and talk to locals and tell jokes and you know we would you know and and we would kind of bring a lighter side to what I was experiencing. We would do things like, hey, we're playing a game called Who Farted in the Humvee? Uh, guess what? I always win because I always know the answer because it was always me. Of course uh course. And then, you know, and then you realize that there's a guy with, you know, only his lower half of the body in the Humvee. And then you realize that that guy's going to win every time. You know, that's that's the joke we made. Oh, and those boy. are those are the kind of jokes we would make and and uh, have a lot of fun. with. Them. And then in between that, I would I would get documentary footage that we ended up selling to like the Discovery Channel and, and used on Armed Forces Network and used for Army training videos. And I would do AFN news reports from the front line with the field artillery units and infantry units did you see
1: so you saw a lot of action quite a bit yeah quite a bit you're not armed
3: i officially know yeah um uh, were you scared terrified absolutely terrified uh and anybody who tells you that they're not is lying um i will tell you this so unofficially i'm a non combatant when you when you do that but yeah. when the first sergeant comes up to you and he's like he's like listen up asshole you're taking the seat of somebody who should be out here rucking with the rest of us so hold that and don't fucking shoot anybody and he puts an m4 on your chest and you're like first of all for a second there you've got the biggest dick in the world because you're you're all camoed up you got all your battle rattle on and uh and you're now holding an automatic weapon in war and you're like oh my gosh this is awesome and then you realize Oh, this is terrible. This is bad because you're you're in full camo. You're dressed just like everybody else, and now there is nothing setting you apart from, from sure. from, from the soldiers. But, oh, don't you, didn't you have a big hat that said press on it? No, because they they, they did it at the beginning of the war, and then they started realizing that those those were the guys that were getting their heads cut off on YouTube, uh, and so to kill the journalists. Yeah, they wanted it. And and if you go over as a journalist, chances are you're working for like CNN or NBC, and those guys have a lot of money. So they would hold them for ransom, which was very common. Uh, and then so then what people would do is they would just wear the the polo shirts. So you'd get the the tan uh, cargo pants and, and like a black polo shirt. Yeah. And then everybody realized that that's how the CIA dresses. And so those guys would get picked off first. So they're like, OK, if you're going to be with us, you're a DOD contractor. Uh, you're outside the chain of command, but you will dress and act just like everybody else so mm-hmm. they send you to basic training they teach you uniform standards and appearance and you get the haircut you get the uniform mm-hmm. and off you go uh um, did you
1: ever run into brian williams from nbc over
3: there nope <laughs> <What's>, <laughs> i did i did run into tim hetherington uh who was oh uh, i know he was the with uh, did, uh, yeah uh, um, he with uh, sebastian Younger. sebastian Younger. uh tim was the one who was he ended up being killed in syria yeah. i
1: couldn't think of his name the other day we were I was uh, somebody was saying how much they admired Sebastian Junger, Junger, yeah. uh, for his reporting on and, and you
3: that know. dude is hardcore. Yeah, they, and dude.
1: he and I've met him a couple of times yeah, and uh, interviewed nice him a couple of times. He's really nice, but and I said, and then it was devastating for him when he lost his uh, friend there, and I couldn't think of yeah, it was British guy, right? British guy, Trim Tim Hetherington. Tim
3: Hetherington, yeah. and then uh, the names escaping me, the, the NBC News guy, uh, not Bry Wy, but the other one. Who's always out getting getting shot at? Oh, Anderson Cooper? No, no, no.
1: Nobody had at uh, Anderson Cooper.
3: Um, but the other dude, he kind of looks like Anderson.
2: Wolf? Uh, no, 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 no. No,
3: he's on it'll, NBC. It'll come to me. Um, but no, it was really bizarre because I went the first time I went, I went by myself. Like, like I had no idea what to expect. I didn't, I didn't have a cameraman. I didn't have a producer. Yeah. It was just me on a flight, uh, and off I go. Um, and then well, how did it come about that you went again? Um, so then it went, when I went the second time, um, I was working for uh, a classic rock station, and we had a St. George unit, uh, the, the 222nd Field Artillery and the 213th Forward Support Group. Uh, they were in Baghdad. And so by this point, I'm already listed with DOD. I've already got the credentials. All I had to do was book a flight. And so... Um, I I literally just told my boss I'm like look I, I want to go do this I want to what you do did weeks. you book a
1: commercial flight I did yeah, yeah. I just, now, people don't know that but you, you could, can yeah you, you can. can book a, you could book a commercial flight into Syria right yep, now right now. I <laughs> mean there are some airlines that fly or probably just one it was uh, it was cheaper to there.
3: fly into Kuwait so I flew into Kuwait and took a taxi to the army base in Kuwait Ali al Salim air base and then once I was there I I checked into a Space available flight and took a uh, took a max flight into Baghdad. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's
1: crazy. It's it's crazy that you can do that. I, I mean, you you can fly into a, almost any part. Oh of yeah, the world, you can. No matter if there's a war going on. Yeah, or, you
3: can. You can fly into. You can fly. In, uh, well, uh, you can fly into Ukraine. You can fly into mm-hmm. uh North Korea for another couple of weeks. Yeah, I don't until, know if you can. I don't know if you can. F- I don't know if lifted. you can fly into North Korea. You probably have.
1: You to, have to fly to China and then and t- then take a tour.
3: Yeah it's
1: uh yeah the, what you were just mentioning though uh, uh, the State Department has said anybody with an American passport who's e- currently in North Korea should be- should get out you by need September first. so what does that tell us it's
3: we we don't want to cook you so oh. please come home I hope there I never thought i I never thought I'd see the day where I'm praying for another cold war <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean you know you're uh you're uh you're
1: basically um Republican mm-hmm Fairly, I've, I've fairly, renounced
3: my membership, but yeah,
1: fairly conservative, right wing, um, right yeah. gun nut, uh, and and yet we never have political arguments.
3: Uh, and, I mean, I'm I'm fairly left leaning as far as Republicans go. Um, you know, people get so caught up. I call it the American Idol effect. They get so caught up in in the people that are running for their party that they refuse to see any flaws in them whatsoever you know, it's like the people who love Donald Trump and the people who love Hillary, they refuse to see that both of them were just fucking assholes. Flawed candidates. You know what I mean? Like, both of them. Uh, like, I literally wrote on my ballot, fuck them both. I mean, that was literally what I wrote because I was just so annoyed mm-hmm. with how how they were both being portrayed, both in the media and by their fans on, on social media. It was just...
1: Let, let, let's, in the matrix. Okay, let's have a political argument. Then. All right. Don't you think in the long run... We would have been better off with Hillary Clinton as president. I,
3: I don't. I, I honestly don't
1: know. John, I really, honestly don't know. But in the really? long run, well, no, because I, because, I don't you, know. because she had a record. Uh, whatever you think about her ethics, and uh, and I would not. Where's those emails? I would not say she's the most ethical person in the world, or her husband was the most ethical person in the world. But if you just base it on her record in the Senate and in the State Department. She knows what the fuck she was doing. Yeah, she has more experience. And and she is not, uh, she's not a, I don't think she's an evil person. Mm -hmm. So so now we have somebody in the White House who has no idea what he's doing, and his only concern is his image. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Which is uh, one of the classic definitions of a fascist. Yeah. But oh man, you know, like oh, Mussolini sad. or that. And
3: kind. this is this is the hard thing when you talk about politics is that you get you get into a this or the other. You get into a well, two. That's, a, that's a the two choices we're presented. And that's what's so messed up about it. And but so you've got you've got to admit we would be better off at this moment. Honestly, sh- I don't know that we would at this moment at this exact moment. I don't know that we would. We wouldn't be worse off. <laughs> we wouldn't be worse. Uh, but I think, I think it would just be, I think it would probably have been more of the same. I don't
1: know what, what is it that, uh, because I don't think you really are a conservative Republican. No? No. I think for some (laughs) reason, I think for some reason you say that and you, and you maybe believe that you are, but you're
3: not. Oh no, I think I am. No, you're, you're not. What, what, maybe a libertarian? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe Maybe. closer to libertarian values.
1: But you're... I like
3: smaller government. I like fiscal responsibility. I don't like uh, uh, the abuse of welfare programs that we've seen on a federal level. I don't like... Uh, the government overreach when it comes to things like health care and mortgages. And, well, and...
1: see, I think we need government overreach when it comes to things like health care because it's fucked if it's fucked when we don't have it. If,
3: well, that's the, and that's the thing.
1: And the problem is, is that nobody has the guts to pull the trigger. Right. Uh, you know, Obamacare wasn't right because it didn't go far enough. That's what yeah. why why it started to have problems. It didn't go far enough. If you're gonna do it, have government sponsored health care. one payer. Get,
3: uh, you need to get you need to get lobbyists and special interest groups out of that fucking equation. There is a to... there is
1: a reason that the insurance lobby, I think, spends more than anything anyone yeah. any other lobbying group in the country because they don't want you being able to buy insurance cross state lines. The and, and they don't want the government to do it because then they're out of business. Right
3: and that's 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 the thing and it's and and i'll sit and i will i will talk shit on both sides of that Mm -hmm. coin all day long because it's a mess trust me i'm i'm diabetic i have neuropathy i spend nine hundred dollars a month in medicine in in medicine just in prescriptions and that's with our insurance Mm -hmm. which is awful by the way yeah not not um I, i now i now get a lot of my prescriptions from canada Wow. Because it's cheaper. I just I get my prescription. I put it in a website. I give them my credit card number, and they send me they send me stuff. Yeah, in the my mail.
2: Uh, my mom is in human resources at her company. She's in charge of their insurance program, and she went to a big human resources convention. which I'm sure was a huge rager of a party. Sounds like
3: a sounds like an, a <clears throat> hoot,
2: whole lot of fun. Anyway, they, they were advertising to these human resources people. Come to X country, Costa Fordor. Rica. Costa Rica has them. Mexico has them. Canada has them. It's now a whole market of people leaving America to go to these other places for all their medical care.
1: Yeah, and it's because because American doctors and stuff have gone to those countries to set these clinics up because they can operate them cheaper. And
3: but see, here's here's the other side of that coin that you don't often hear about is that uh, because of the the healthcare system being set up the way it is in the United States, uh, a lot of these advancements that we that we get are due to the money that we all put into that system and then those those advancements get sent to other countries so these other countries with with government provided health care are actually benefiting we're we're still paying for it uh so people in Sweden they don't have to pay for their their health care but we're actually paying for it because we're funding all the research. We're funding all the advancements. Well, I don't think that I don't,
1: see. I don't think that has to stop if you go to a government. System. I don't think so either because the government can fund the research. The, the, believe me, and the, we the, will the,
3: pay some higher taxes, but it would be worth it if the government can fund uh, a six-figure job to fight space aliens. Mm-hmm uh they can they can figure out a way to provide health care yeah for, i think i think
1: it could for i think 300 it, million it people. should happen so you're not so you're not a libertarian well
3: i i think if I, i'm an all or nothing guy i'm like look if you're gonna do it just do it if you're not gonna do it just say we're on our own and let us be on our own mm-hmm. i think i think if we were all on our own i think we'd be fine but the problem is is that a lot of people just don't take care of it. A lot of people just ignore it. I was that guy for a long time. I had a lot of health issues, but I didn't have health insurance. What the? But I wanted to spend my money on other things. I wanted to spend my time doing other things. So I just ignored my health problems. Uh, so, you, uh, yeah. uh, so
1: I know you'd like to have one of those uh, insulin pumps. Uh, the, uh, you know you can get those in other countries. If you went into another country like Costa Rica, you could probably get one. Get cheap. one for free, pretty cheap. Anyway, yeah, here they're no. six grand. Yeah, no, and like uh, Costa Rica and Mexico, they charge you, but. It's a lot less money, yeah. so you-
2: I wouldn't take an insulin pump that somebody in Costa Rica gives you for free. No. <laughs> hey, man, you want an insulin no. pump? Here you go. No. I'll put it in for you. He has it in a, in a jacket? He opens up. So, so-
3: no, I like I, I'm fine without the pump. I'm fine being bottle and needle guy, but I would like this thing called a Dexcom, which is a uh, a blood glucose test meter that you you stick in your arm, and it tests your blood all the time. So it's oh, constant. It's, 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 it's there a, permanently. Yeah, or? it's a constant uh, check mm-hmm. of your blood sugar, and it sends the blood sugar to your mm-hmm. iPhone. So you can just look at your phone and go, "Oh, my blood's going low. I need to eat a lunchable," or "My blood's too high. I need to do a shot after eating those Oreos that were in my lunchable."
1: I take an injection once a week, but it's a it's re, it's an anti-rejection uh, drug, so that my body doesn't get rid of the uh, uh, goat gonads that I had implanted
3: <laughs> in your back. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, it's what keeps me young. Those goat <laughs> those goat gonads. So um, goat gonads. Yeah. So, uh, guns. Let's talk a little bit about guns. Let's talk about
3: guns. Uh, w- why? Um, I think they're fun. Uh, really, you know, you could you could go to a, a gun show, or you could talk to gun nuts, and you can ask them why, and you'll get a hundred different answers, and most of them will be some sort of justification, like I need them for protection, or Second Amendment, or what you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, they're they're fun. They're toys, man. Everybody says guns aren't toys, and they're fucking lying because guns are. Awesome toys. They're so much fun to play with. They're dang- really dangerous. Well, a lot of things are dangerous um, in the wrong hands. Um, I happen to be a certified range safety officer. I'm very, very careful with guns. I'm very, very accomplished with my guns, um, and I'm very, very safe. Uh, my guns are kept in a place where uh, my daughter will never find them, but if she should come across one, she'll know exactly how to operate it when she's old enough to you know, tie her shoes. But you know she's only three right now, mm-hmm. so that's not so an issue. not until at least she's five. Yeah, when she's when she's three and a half, we'll start we'll start mm-hmm. putting some lead downrange. But yeah. um, mainly, I'm a collector. I'm I'm not a hunter. You know, I don't like killing things. I saw enough death in Iraq mm-hmm. to last me ten, ten lifetimes. But uh, I I like to shoot targets and I like to blow stuff up and 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 mainly I just like different different styles and different uh, types of guns. I have guns from different wars and I have guns from different countries and I have guns from different eras and uh the the fact that guns have changed very very little in a hundred years uh fascinates me like we have this this technology that that literally peaked in the early 1900s that we still use today in warfare like the the 45 handgun it's called the 1911 because it was literally invented over 100 years ago and we still use this it is still the the best handgun in the world
1: but, but- there have been technological improvements. I mean, sure, uh, you know there there are uh, 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 sniper rifles that can shoot two miles. Yeah, and, I mean there's been you know.
3: improvements in optics and in uh, in in the manufacturing. You know, carbon fiber and plastics mm-hmm. and and different weights and aluminum and and you know like I've got I've got one forty five that's made out of aircraft grade aluminum and it's super lightweight. It's awesome. It's a lot of fun but uh, you know just just going out and having fun and it's a uh, it's kind of one of those things where it's a good escape you go down range and you can't think about anything else when when you're doing a lot of things. If I'm playing video games, my mind tends to wander, or if I'm listening to music, I'll, I'll think mm-hmm. about work. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I go to a concert, I'm thinking about work the whole time. But if I go to the range, it's that's the only thing I can think about, because safety is the key. You've got to make sure that you're you're focused on your target, and you've got to make sure you're focused on your surroundings and your situational awareness. What are other people on the range doing? Are they being safe? Uh, and so it's just kind of a, a, a good uh, good way to get out of your head for for an afternoon. And then uh, that visceral reaction, that, that release of, of feeling the gun go off in your hands and mm-hmm. hitting a target with it, it feels good, man. I mean, it's a, it's a sense of accomplishment that I get when I can, I can make some of these shots.
1: Hmm. Uh, do you ever uh, and, and uh, do you think of it in terms of uh,
3: protection at all? I, I, I could use them for protection. That's not why I have them. Um, because, because I have them and because I know how to use them, it would be a good preventative measure. Except Um, not
1: if they're locked up and
3: well, there's, there's, you know, I have various safes throughout the house that are easily accessible, uh, to just me or my wife should the need Mm -hmm. arise. Um, so there's one, you know, in the bedroom, there's one down on the main floor, uh there's one on me most times. Does
1: it bother you uh, at all or, or worry you at all to talk about this? Uh, uh you know that you have all of this armament? And, a little. <laughs> you know, I mean uh, I, I mean maybe it's something that you shouldn't be talking um,
3: about. Um I don't I don't usually talk about uh like people ask how many guns do you have and I just say I've got some. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't answer that question. It's obviously number. a lot. It's it, I've got some. I I've, I've got an, I've got a some few that are fun. Mm-hmm. I've got a few. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously I don't I don't wanna tell people what I have or where I have them because I don't want them to mm-hmm. get stolen. Mm-hmm. Um another thing is a lot of times like I don't I don't like the open carry people because they, they brag about it and you you kind of prevent you present yourself as a target. You know, you're like, Hey, come at me, bro. Let's mm-hmm. I'm ready dare for you. I'm ready for bear, let's let's rumble. Dare you. And yeah, dare you, Which a lot of these guys, they're a lot of a lot of gun nuts are like that. And I'm just not that guy. Um but there's a lot of shit that goes on out there, and it makes me nervous. It really, like, I there was just another one last night. Guy shot six times crossing the street, mm-hmm. two blocks from where we work. Yeah. So no, it wouldn't be. It's not something that I, I think about as a protection thing. That's not why I have them. But since I have them, and since I know how to use them, that would be, uh, yeah. that would be the the go-to option.
1: Well, and when the Russians invade or the Chinese, yeah, fuck those be, guys. You'll be, you'll be ready. Look out. Red ready.
3: Dawn motherfuckers here or, we go.
1: Or when they when the government comes to get your guns, you'll say over my cold dead body. They
3: won't be able to find them. And they won't and they won't come to get them no. either. That's what everybody said. I think Barack Obama should have a, have an employee of the month plaque at every gun manufacturer no in kidding. the country. Thanks to that guy, I wasn't able to buy 22 ammo for 5 years.
1: And he didn't and, and there was never any move none, none. Uh, in the Obama administration none. to restrict guns? Nope.
3: Not it, one. It's not going it, to... Um. And I fell victim to that. I bought, I bought a, uh, I bought an AR-15, and I paid twice as much as I would if I were to go buy it today.
1: Because you were afraid. Because that- I
3: thought, well, they're gonna, they're gonna ban these things again, just like they did in '94. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I want one with, with the, with the moving parts, I'm gonna have to get it now. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, I sold a guitar. I sold a, a prized guitar. Let me ask you something
1: about the, uh, the guns thing uh, too, though. This bugs me, and I think you know about this, and I think you know these people, mm-hmm. uh, people who make silencers. Yeah. And they, they don't. What do they call them now? Suppression Supp- devices. They're
3: suppressors. Yeah. yeah. They're not silencers because they're not yeah. silent. But. Um,
1: but. But there's all of this bullshit about why. Well, I need it. You know. So because it's. Uh. It's my hearing and. All of this kind of it
3: is a hearing protection uh, issue,
1: but you can put on you can put on uh, you know headsets. You can. to to that. It the the main reason to have a silencer is so that you can
3: shoot somebody and not be detected. Actually, no. the The reason that silencers were banned it was in the 1930s to prevent poaching. That was why the law was originally passed, um, and it's just kind of morphed over years. But it it doesn't it doesn't quiet the gun that much. Isn't it uh, like
1: in the movies where it just goes
3: pew, pew. No. No? Not at all like that. Uh, not even close. Pew, pew. Um, it's still very loud. It's still, I mean, you're still uh, releasing a tremendous amount of energy in a very small space. It's going to make noise. Hmm. Uh, what it does, it suppresses the noise that comes out of the barrel. Uh, not out of the breach of the gun, not out of the action of the gun, uh, but the—but uh, the the majority of the energy goes through the suppressor, and is then uh, quieted down to about to about mm, probably 110 decibels. It's not quiet by any means, mm. but uh, I can go out to the range with a suppressor on my AR-15, and I can shoot without hearing protection. So uh, one shot, one shot without hearing protection can damage your hearing irreparably mm. for life. Um, just one. So that's, if, a, that's okay. I'm
1: deaf already. Right. Well, yeah. It
3: doesn't matter. But. You know, if if uh, if that weren't an issue, mm-hmm. if uh, and you know, one of the other things that I always complain about is when I've got my ear pro on, ear protection, mm-hmm. uh, or my my ear my my plugs in, uh, I can't often hear what people are saying to me. So if if there's uh, a a, problem a a problem or mm -hmm. somebody needs help downrange or whatever Mm -hmm. uh it cuts down on your your situational awareness to be able to hear what's going on are they
1: are they legal now though Uh, they're legal if you have
3: if if you're part of a co-op uh you have to you have to be part of a co-op and then you have to get your stamp from the atf which is just bullshit yeah i know that seems weird. It really is. Mm. It's bizarre. Mm. And it's very expensive, and it takes a long time. So it's it costs about $350 just to get approved to buy a silencer, which is about $1,000. And then you have to wait for the ATF to grant you permission, and that takes about a year.
1: So. Well, see, John, if you'd, if you'd stop buying that shit, you could get an <laughs> insulin pump.
3: Uh, luckily, my, my good friends over at Silencer Co take care of me. Yeah. So, mm. uh,
1: yeah, go, uh, you got any? that plug in. Yeah, uh, <laughs> would you like to do it again? You're good. Silencer Co. Silencer
3: uh, Co. Let's see. Is there anything else we need to talk about? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I, I, because of the ADD, I think we bounced around a lot. I don't know if I actually are finished you, finished any of the stories that you, I started. You are ADD. Oh, sure. very much so. Yeah. Very much so. Riddle and Kid. Mm-hmm.
1: Your, you know, your wife seems so nice and so calm. And so smart—the
3: exact opposite of, yeah. of what—and I mean. and, and good looking. <laughs> so really, way, the exact opposite in every opposite. possible areas. way. Yeah. Oh. yeah, she's smart. She's shy. She's uh, very introverted. She's very clean. Mm-hmm. Uh, me, I'm just—I'm just. I'm just she, a, does she eat well? She she does. She eats salads Each most better. of the time. Yeah. She doesn't mm-hmm. like sweets. She doesn't mm-hmm. like cheese. Uh, mm-hmm. She eats salads for most every meal. Um, uh, Poor thing. I know, right? And she God is, bless her. she is my exact opposite. Uh, we met when we were fifteen. Can you believe that? Really? Like she has been with me through this
1: whole sh- sh- this became, whole thing. Did she become your girlfriend when you were fifteen? Uh,
3: I think we she we were we were friends. We worked at a place called Discovery Zone in Taylorville. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been talking for an hour. Holy an hour, yeah. shit! Yeah. Really? Yeah. Are you going to edit this down? No. God, no. Well, oh, this is way that's too work. It's oh, way too much work. Gosh. No, it's um, a
1: podcast. People don't care. Really? Yeah, they'll listen to a bit. Oh, wow. Well, in this um,
2: case, they'll listen to a few minutes, and then they're going to just shut gonna it off. They're going to
3: skip forward through a lot of it. Too. No, they'll uh, just Hit tur- that skip
1: forward button. <laughs> they'll just um, turn it off. They'll go, oh, wait, I, it's John Smith. No, I don't want to hear you know that. Who's,
3: who's that guy? Yeah. Uh, but but no, we will listen all the way to the end. We hmm. dated all through high school, and uh, and then we dated for a few years after that, and got married in 1998, and- She's been with me through this whole mess, through everything, through getting diabetes, through uh who did you catch diabetes from? Uh
1: from the <laughs> Lord. <laughs> you know. <laughs> from Jebus. It's uh it's it's hereditary. It's right her it's yeah, yeah,
3: type one is hereditary. Yeah. Yeah. So well. thanks, dad.
1: Uh John,
2: I think that's it.
3: Did you enjoy your lunchable? Mm. Not particularly. Dylan but, ate all of But I chips. was hungry. I did eat all your chips. I didn't even get I got one.
2: Well, you should have brought me a lunchable, John. I didn't. Eat,
3: I didn't open the fruit snacks either. Let's well, see. eat the fruit snacks. Uh, stay away from the orange and yellow ones.
2: You know, I had
1: another question I wanted to ask you while you, when you were going on about the silencers, and I, it just. Um,
3: but yeah, it just it, escaped it, it, me. Yeah, silencers. It is a hearing. No, category. I don't want
1: you to talk about silencers okay. anymore. Okay, all right. I'm tr- uh, it, the, the, That final question. You want to talk about guns me. some more? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I. It's just not going to. I might to edit
2: me. this part out.
1: <laughs> yeah do that
2: just end the podcast
1: alright that's it thanks for listening to the Let's Go Eat Show I'm Bill Allred my guest has been uh, John Smith do you have a middle name? Uh, C yeah what oh it's just a letter C uh huh Yeah. John C. Smith uh, Dylan Allred thanks for producing the show uh-huh. I'm not gonna thank you for bringing the Lunchables uh, because they're me terrible neither. well you didn't get any yeah uh, and that's it for the Let's Go Eat Show remember always if you're pouring drinks always make mine a double
3: thanks for having me dude mhm Broadway Media Podcast
2: Network.